It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host. Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. Follow the show on Twitter at L O Thunderpod. Email the show, L O Thunderpod at gmail.com. Call into the show, 405 362 7128. Your number to call, 405 362 7128. On today's show, we're going to dive into some news and notes around the league, such as when will training camp start, free agency start and the deadlines that need to be adjusted to fit this new calendar year, and what does all of that mean for your Oklahoma City Thunder. We're also going to dive into the Reddit mailbag. Does Adams gain more value in the trade market thanks to Anthony Davis playing the five position in the postseason? Which players would I least like to see the Oklahoma City Thunder draft and more? But I do want to start with the news and notes around the league to keep you informed on next season. And the first thing we got was late last night, Mark Stein put out that you know many teams expect training camp to start December 1st. And we've all expected that for a while. I mean, when you start to throw out Christmas Day, you have to start training camp December 1st. And then you throw out December 22nd, it affirms that. And so uh, the question I have about all this is, do the players have to quarantine before this training camp? Or... Well, they just get tested the day they show up, and if they are positive, they go to quarantine. If they're not positive, they go to practice. Because if you're asking the players to quarantine for a week before training camp, not only are you asking the, asking the players to have a quick turnaround from the bubble until camp, but you're also asking the players to miss Thanksgiving with their families and then miss Christmas as well. So a lot goes into this training camp start date that we still don't know yet, but that is the projected start date for training camp. And you're going to see free agents get signed this camp. I mean, you're going to see them dwindle into the the training camp period. So we'll talk about free agency in a second. But my biggest thing from all of this was, of course, seeing Jarrett Dudley and uh, I believe that Danny Green went on the ringer and talked about LeBron missing training camp and, and missing the first month of the season. Money talks, right? Well, let's just put it out there the way it is. These guys have load managed for a long time. Should LeBron miss training camp? Sure, he's LeBron James. But when you have TV obligations to fill, when TNT owns ring night, when ABC owns the best game on on Christmas Day, LeBron's going to play those two games. Now, he might sit for another month after that. But I would bet my bottom dollar LeBron is playing on ring night. And I would bet my bottom dollar LeBron is playing on Christmas Day. If, if this is when we're starting, I can guarantee you he'll play those two days. After that, though, I don't know when he'll play again. 
I don't know how many games will take off, how many days will take off. I don't know. But missing training camp, sure. I, I don't expect him to practice much at training camp. But when you talk about missing games, those first two, I think, are set in stone. Then you, then you miss games like normal. And that's what we've been doing for a long time in the NBA. I will say, I do understand the players' gripes with this. Look, it's it's entertainment for fans and it's entertainment for the media. And look, I, I've I've made no bones about it. Basketball coming back helps my pockets. It helps everyone within the media's pockets because more people care about basketball when basketball is actually happening. Some fans are not as diehard as you are listening to the show right now. They tune out when the season ends, and I can't blame them for that. You've got too much going on in your life. But they'll come back when the season starts. So starting that earlier gets those fans back earlier. So everyone is, is on board with this, but I can see what the players are saying. Look. We cannot have this quick turnaround. I would I would warn the players to not be so public with that. Um, not for really the, the diehard fans, but eventually, when you continue to tell your consumer that these games don't matter, they start to believe you. Look at baseball. Baseball was once the most popular sport in America. But as those seasons drug on and you got into the dog days of August, when April and and the early part of the season rolled around and the fans were constantly told these don't matter. These don't matter. Even though the playoffs are often shaped by one or two games back in the wild card. And so you're always within a game that you might've lost in April. We're always told the baseball games don't matter until, until August or until September. Then you see the ratings decline. When you get told that the regular season in the NBA doesn't matter. Eventually the ratings will decline and eventually people will believe you. If you keep telling them, that these games don't matter, they're going to listen to you. And they're going to stop watching. But I'm fine with with load management. They should load manage. That's the most important part. It'll be interesting to see where the Lakers end up and where the the Clippers end up. Because if we're playing conference-only scheduling, where's the guaranteed win in the Western Conference? Where's the team that does not want to win the basketball game and does not want to Beat up on your on, on your role players if you're sitting LeBron in AD, if you're sitting Kawhi and Paul George. Where's that team? It's in Oklahoma City, we would all assume. we got to see the offseason moves, but we can all assume that Oklahoma City's tanking. It's in Oklahoma City. Where else, though? Where's the other team in the West who is going to be the only teams you're playing? Where's the other team that does not want to beat you every single night? So it'll be interesting to see where the Lakers or the Clippers, who we all know, talent-wise on paper, is a top-three team in the West. It'll be interesting to know where they finish up at if they do the load management strategy, which they should. you got to keep LeBron healthy. you got to keep AD healthy. Look, LeBron spends millions and millions of dollars on his body in the offseason to, to make sure he doesn't get hurt, to make sure he can play a full season. And he's not going to get to do that this year. So if it takes load managing to get him healthy, do it. But I do wonder how that impacts the standings and how that impacts matchups in the postseason. It'll be interesting to follow that storyline to me. But the training camp date, December 1st, if you want to start on Christmas, you have to do it. But I'm, I'm worried about the quarantine for the players because it's a, that's a lot to ask. I get it. It's a pandemic and, and, you, and it needs to happen. But if you're asking players to quarantine in, their, in the city's market, which not a lot of people are from the city that they got, got drafted to or they play for, um, and you're asking them to miss two holidays with their families after being trapped in that bubble for so long, and I know the family's got to join them later on, but that's not a comfortable environment. I mean, you've all lived in a hotel before. That's not exactly as comfortable, even if you're with your family, as it is being in your own home. Look, that's, that's just not, to me, that's not something that you want to push for too much. So how do you balance that? How do you balance the quarantine period and still getting to start 
training camp on December 1st? Is it simply just the rapid testing and you just make a, a decision right then and there the day of, okay, you can either practice or you can't. And if you can't, then you're going to be quarantined for X amount of days. I'm very interested in the quarantine factor of the, of the training camp, but this is going to be a quick turnaround. And, and, and there's a lot of negatives for players. and There's a lot of positive for players. And so kind of seeing how this all pans out this, this week is going to be very, very important. After the break, we're going to talk about free agency and talk about when you can start expecting some deals to get done and, and kind of what still needs to be adjusted that we don't know quite yet. We're also going to talk about what the environment could look like in these arenas after this. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. That's right, Built Bars are fantastic. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. The bars are great for the health-conscious person losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The Bilt Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. You can use them pre-workout. You can use them post-workout. You can even use them as a meal replacement. I promise they are that good and that filling that you can use them as a meal replacement. Bilt Bars are fantastic. So go to BiltBar.com right now. Use that promo code LOCKEDON and save that 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, you're going to get a free cooler with every purchase. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Your local Thunder expert. We talked all about training camp and when that can be expected to start and what that means for every player and then some of the higher name players if they will actually play or not with this fast start i want to jump now into free agency and we still don't know a lot about free agency look the nba uses a formula where free agency happens after the draft that seems to still be intact for this season and so it would have to come after the november 18th draft now previously many had put the free agency estimation and guessed that free agency would start November 23rd. But again, Mark Stein comes out today and says, look, the free agency period could start as soon as November 20th and November 21st. And I still think that either start date, right, the 20th through the 23rd, anytime in there, it still puts Thanksgiving as the new 4th of July for this year. As you know, a ton of deals go down on the 4th of July. It's a big staple point for the free agency offseason. Off and as you know, so Kevin Durant joined the Warriors. So I think that, that, that we're going to see a deal, a massive deal done on Thanksgiving, as massive as this free agency class can produce on Thanksgiving. Uh, but I, I think that the, the Mark Stein report is closer uh, to being right at 20 or 21 because how can you ask teams to draft their guys make trades, do free agency, and try to have any sort of cohesion uh, within their roster 
on the December 21st training camp day. You don't want guys strolling in halfway through training camp and then, and then condensing their time even more of getting adjusted to their new teammate, teammates. You want these guys to be able to have the full range of roster construction as quickly as possible. And look, the 20th and 21st are fast, but so is everything else. I think that we're going to see free agency start on the 20th and see the draft on the 18th, as long as this goes through when we do start the season on the 22nd of December. The NBA has also sent memos to all 30 teams about the presentation protocols. So as you can tell, the talks are starting to progress here. And what this would do would be uh, to just enhance the TV experience for those watching at home because most NBA cities will not have crowds there. Again, it's a lot different to have crowds at an outdoor venue like we're seeing in the World Series, like we're seeing in the NFL. But when you start putting a small arena involved, and again, not a football dome stadium, but a small arena involved, then it becomes more, it becomes a tougher sell, let's say, to put people in the stands for the NBA. And that's why I think that the league is the last to allow a sold out crowd. Whenever that is, that we can start selling out places again, I think that the NBA will be the last one to do it because it's just uncomfortable uh, anymore to be in a, in a enclosed environment like that uh, for a long period of time. So what the NBA is trying to figure out what can they do to make these arenas without fans look better. And if you've seen, you know, some college basketball tournaments in these arenas or uh, high school tournaments in these arenas, it looks weird whenever the, the, you're playing at the garden or you're playing at Chesapeake and, and there's no fans in the stands whatsoever. It looks weird. Whereas the bubble, it was all kind of closer and more condensed the actual arena was to where it looked more normal that there's no, no one there because where would they be? Where, where would they fit at? And so it just kind of looked more appealing and you had the big jumbotrons and things like that. And the, the protocols are better theatrical lighting, more crowd noise. Uh, and, and you can use that from the NBA 2K video game. You can use pre-recorded chants and you can also uh, have the in-arena entertainers and, and, what piqued my interest with that is why would you need them without fans? And, and that would be for the stadiums and the cities that allow limited fans. But also, NBA League Pass sells a version of League Pass where you get no commercials, where you, you pay a little extra and you stay with the arena even through the breaks. And so maybe that's a way to entice people to continue to, to up their package and to pay a little bit more for League Pass if you're going to promise them still to have entertainment options uh, without fans there. I don't know if that's really the reason why they sent these protocols out for the in-arena entertainers, but it makes sense to me, but I'm just grasping at straws there for why that would be included on the NBA's uh, memo list there. I, I think that the biggest thing in all of this will be cameras. We've got to figure out how to be innovated. And, and, and all these arenas are, have different layouts and they have different angles and they have different abilities of what cameras can do and where they can go and, and where they can hang at. But you've got to find in every arena a couple angles we've never seen before, a couple new features to, to, throw the, to throw the producer to where you can throw it to a camera shot that we've never seen and it looks really cool. There's got to be a new element to the broadcast, I think. Just like there was in the bubble. We, we had the tight wire shot, which they went to a ton, uh, even in the half-court set when we were trying to figure out what's going on. They're at the baseline. It was a mess. But still, they added that camera shot on the on the tight wire that just kept zooming back and forth and almost decapitated a couple players. It was a mess. But still, they did it. You've got to find that new camera shot to me. And now the belief still is that we'll have all this info and the official details at the end of the week. By the end of the week, we'll have all the official details, including the salary cap for this year, next year's 
salary cap projection, start times, and adjusted dates for options, exceptions, and more. And what does that mean for the Thunder? Well, the Thunder have a few options that they need new dates for. You look at Hamdou Diallo. He has a club option for $1.6 million. He's a restricted free agent in 2021. You look at Abdul Nader. He has a club option for $1.7 million. He's an unrestricted free agent for 2021. You look at Deontay Burton, club option, $1.6 million, restricted free agent for 2021. You look at Mike Muscala. He has a player option for $2.2 million. He is an unrestricted free agent for 2021. Now they do have some trade exceptions, which would need extending and and different dates put on them. You have the Jeremy Grant trade exception, which is for $9.3 million. You have the Paul George trade exception, which is for $10.3 million. And then you have the Justin Patton trade exception, which is for $1.6 million. Again, all these deadlines will get reimbursed and they'll have new dates to them. So you still have the three exceptions, even though they're not on the ESPN trade machine right now, only the Paul George one is, but you still do have the Jeremy Grant one and there's some Batten one. And then we'll figure out when they need to make the dates up for the club options. I, I think that of that list, the only one that I could see not on the team anymore is Deontay Burton. I think Muscala picks up his player option, the Thunder pick up Nader and Diallo's option. And then with Burton, they just turn it down because the, the more value you get for Burton is the open roster spot. He provides nothing for you on the basketball floor. He is not a basketball player. He's not an NBA player. He is literally nothing. So why pay him $1.6 million when you can open up that roster spot and use it as a new flyer for a new project player that could be exactly what Burton is or could be a little bit better than Burton. And you just never know. They tried their shot on Burton. They got him in summer league. They got him on a two-way deal. Then they extended him on a real contract. And they got all they could squeeze out of Deontay Burton. It's time to move on now to a new project during the tank. But this is going to be a tank more than likely So maybe they still want to see what else they can get out of Burton whenever you're trying to purposely lose, which he certainly can help you do. I think that they declined the club option, though, for $1.6 million because they just want that open roster spot and that open flexibility for acquiring guys via trade and via free agency uh, and after the draft for the undrafted free agents and all that stuff. And, of course, your rookie draft pick. So a lot goes into why I don't think they'll bring Burton back, but he's the only one with a club option or a player option that I don't think is back next season. For the trade exceptions... I don't know if they're going to use them, but they will have them accessible to them. Uh, They're not just going to vanish because the league was put on hiatus and and went past the deadlines for those exceptions. So they're still going to have them once the league gets all of this figured out, the free agency, the start dates, all of that, which again, we will know at the end of the week, if not sooner than that. I'm hoping we know by the end of today, but it'll probably be Thursday night into Friday morning because Friday morning is the deadline. Well, Friday's the deadline. I don't know if it's the morning or the evening, but the 30th is the deadline to to have this CBA exception agreed upon and move forward into the next pro- next step of this process to get basketball back, which we expect now to be on December 22nd. A lot's going to happen. And this show will have plenty to talk about over the coming weeks. This is Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about your Oklahoma City Thunder. And coming up later this week, we have our second mock draft Thursday where I compile all of the top mock drafts and tell you where they have the Thunder going with their pick and break down those selections and tell you what I like about them and what I don't like about them as well as give you the Thunder portion of my mock draft. In the next week, we'll do my entire mock draft. That way you know who I have everyone picking, not just the Oklahoma City Thunder. We still need to get to fake trades. We need to power rank teams pre-draft and post-draft and then pre-free agency and post-free agency and then 
get into the season and start rolling on December 22nd. We're going to cover the fake trades as best we can before the real trades start. We're going to cover free agency and the actual draft. It's going to be a ton of fun, and we're not running out of ideas anytime soon on Locked on Thunder, the only Daily Thunder podcast. Coming up, we're going to get into some Reddit mailbag questions that we'll linger into tomorrow's show. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Let's now dive into some Reddit mailbag questions. And there's a ton here to get into. We talked yesterday about a possible Patty Mills trade to Oklahoma City. Go back and listen to yesterday's show. And today I want to pick out one question from the Reddit mailbag. And I'm going to save this one for tomorrow's show. So be sure to tune in tomorrow's show. But I'm going to give you the question right now. The question is, if you could be a fly on the wall for any Thunder move in Thunder history, which one would it be and why? I'm going to give you that at the top of tomorrow's show, the very first segment. We're going to dive all into that question. That is the best question I've ever seen in a mailbag, and I appreciate that a ton. We'll get into that tomorrow. On today's show, we're going to pick out one Reddit question, and it's going to be from Hipster Band. And they ask, what team will Adams be traded to, and does Anthony Davis, playing the five, help his trade value? So the first part of this question is interesting. Steven Adams has been has been play off the floor in the postseason by Rudy Gobert, by Enos Kanter, and by the Houston Rockets without a center, by P.J. Tucker, by Eric Gordon, by Russell Westbrook. That, to me, isn't someone in the modern NBA that teams are going to hitch their wagon to. Where Adams' trade value comes from is simply the fact that he's an expiring contract, so he's off your books after this season, and the Thunder's willingness to take on long-term money, understanding the Thunder will not be involved in the massive 2021 free agency class. So you ask yourself, what can Adams net you back if that's just the case? And you mentioned AD playing the five. In theory, I get where you're going with that. I would say Anthony Davis would have no problem getting around Steven Adams. No problem at all. Adams is not going to be an AD stopper. He's not going to be to AD what Al Horford was to Joel. He's just not. So that doesn't really factor in, in my opinion, for, for Adams. And so you get down to what's his value and at what cost, right? Because, look, the only time that I've been criticized as a host of the show has been whenever I was informative on how bad Adams has been the postseason, on how bad he was he was playing against the Rockets. That's the only time that anyone has criticized me on this show. That's the only thing that fans have complained about, was how, how quote, negative I was about Steven Adams' playoff performance. The fans love Steven Adams. He's a fan favorite. He can do no wrong in the fans' eyes. And when you go through a tank, you need guys like that. 
and he's on expiring deals. So that big contract he has right now is going to be a, a moot point in six months, seven months. Who cares? And the market is set now for his position and for his skill set. He has to take a dramatic pay cut this offseason. So as I've said earlier this offseason, Steven Adams looks more and more like a Thunder lifer and like this generation's Nick Collison. Believe it or not, there are some fans in this fan base, the Thunder fan base, that have no idea why Nick Collison has his jersey retired. They don't know Nick Collison of the early Thunder years. They, they just don't. They know Nick Collison as a bench player who got into mop-up duty and at the end of his career could not play at all. Even in mop-up duty, he just wouldn't play. That's what they know of Nick Collison, and they're struggling with the idea that he has his jersey retired. And Steven Adams, with the way the NBA is trending, the way his skill set is trending, is going to become this generation's Nick Collison. Once a very good starter, fringe all-star. I mean, you remember at those all-star breaks where Thunder fans were pushing to vote in Adams and, and pushing for him to get to the all-star game. His body broke down a couple of times in the postseason. He's had a lot of wear and tear on his body. He gave his heart for this city, his heart for this organization. And now he becomes the old head who helps keep the culture. Now he becomes a fringe starter who, by the time you want to win again and compete again, his skill set will be phased out of the league and he will need to take a back seat as a bench player and then eventually into the Nick Collison role of just not playing anymore but still sitting on the bench with his funny quirks and with his leadership. That's where I see Steven Adams going this offseason. I, I would be just floored and shocked if he has moved for anything of value. And if you're not getting anything of value back, then there's no point to trade Steven Adams. Not because he's a great player, but because of what he means to the organization, what he means to the fan base. Expiring deals always have a ton of value, especially whenever you're willing to take on a long-term deal of bad money and help a team facilitate their way into the 2021 free agency class. That'll play. But for the Thunder, is it worth it to give up a guy like Adams who the fan base will go to war for whenever you're about to try to lose for a year or two? It's a lot of, of pros and cons to this thing. Look, I don't think Adams can be your center the next time you want to try to win a championship, the next time you want to try to contend. That's going to be at least two to three years from now, so he's already going to get older, and the league is not reverting back to his skill set anytime soon. And every year we go through this whole, he's shooting threes at training camp, he's, he's shooting corner threes, look at this Look at this highlight film from him uh, of after practice, getting up shots, and every single year it never comes to flourishing on the actual court. And if we don't see it this year, in a year where you want to lose, we're never going to see it from Steven Adams. We're never going to see that that three-point shot maker, uh, and I don't think it's really there. I think that's just something that he does for fun in the offseason and in training camp and in practice, and it's nothing more than that. So I don't see Adams going anywhere, uh, but I don't think that AD has upped his value at all. I think that Adams hurt his value uh, given the fact that the Thunder were much better when they ran small ball lineups to match the Houston Rockets small ball lineup itself. And also, again, he, he didn't play well against Rudy Gobert. The Thunder had their most success in that series whenever they ran Jeremy Grant at the small ball five. He was also unsuccessful in Portland. His body has always broken down him by the end of the season. There's just a lot of factors in there about Steven Adams that don't really fit the modern game. 
but it does fit the Thunder culture, and it does establish that veteran presence for a team that, look, you lose Gallinari, you lose Chris Paul this offseason, Adams is your most experienced player. Adams is someone who who is going to be the old head that tells war stories in there. Because if you lost all three of them, I mean, Shea would be one of your most tenured players. Again, all that's great on what you get back in trades and whatnot, but still, it's it's nice to have someone who has been in an organization for a long time and can help a new coach instill a Thunder culture. So I think that the value of having Adams on the floor and on the team through this rebuild and through his career outweighs the value of which he could get you on the open market. Never say never because there could be a wild trade where Dennis and Adams net you back Wiggins in the second overall pick. I don't think that that's going to be the case, though. The more that you read about the Warriors and what they want to do in this draft, I don't think that'll that'll be the case. And so, therefore, taking on long-term money for a heavily protected pick just to give up Adams, I'm not sure how well that plays given the current state of the organization. He's going to be your Nick Collison. He's going to be to, to you what Udonis Haslam is to the Heat. He's going to do all of that for your future, and he's going to be a great guy to have for the young guards. And, and it's going to be a fun time and a memorable time to where there's still, like a cheesy Disney movie, there's still a piece of what once was, that Thunder U Edition 1, that contending team, there's still that piece of you inside somewhere, and it's sitting at the very end of the bench. So again, on tomorrow's show, we're going to get into Mock Draft Thursday, where I talk all about the popular mock drafts around the internet, and I compile who they have the Thunder taking and give you my take on their takes. And also, we're going to get into more of these Reddit questions. Specifically, if you could be a fly on the wall for one Thunder moment and one Thunder transaction, what would it be and why? Answer that question for me as well on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.